Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. But before we start, I just wanted to say, have you guys subscribed? Because it's never been a better time to subscribe than today. Because for the next two weeks, we're running a competition. So com or subscribe and then comment in the comments that you've subscribed because we're picking five people to give away West Underground t-shirts to. So all you have to do is hit that subscribe button and tell us you've done it. And look, you will go into the chances of winning a shirt. But we're giving five away, so the odds are in your favour. Anyway, enjoy the video, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. Today, we are privileged to have a band with us. They go by the name, The Grand Union. I was just telling these boys off the air, the first time they ever messaged me, I didn't know what, what was going on. I didn't know if I was being uh, offered a, a new superannuation package or, or what was going on. But anyway, I've learned to figure out that these guys are a hard rock band coming out of Sydney. And uh, yeah, I'll throw the mic over to you boys. How'd you get the name, The Grand Union? Well, basically, uh, we're here. We're here to do your superannuation fund today. Yeah. And al although we like to think of ourselves as a band from the past, we're also looking after your future. All right. What's what's the, what's in the package? What do I get? Whatever you like, Rowan. You know the details. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. on the um, the band name, it's kind of uh, a moniker for where we all come from, because as you would have seen, uh, Jack does not sound like he comes from Australia, he comes from the north of England. Um, I'm from New Zealand. Some of the others are from Australia and one of the others are from England. So it's kind of like a grand union of people and a grand union of musical mishmash ideas thrown together into one fine package. So that's where it came from. I was convinced Jack came up from, you know, North Queensland. I thought he sounds resembles a bit like, uh, you know, Steve Irwin in the accent. <laughs> and the fuck, but I'd be like, young fella, come here now. Let me tell you a little bit about this Grand <laughs> Union superannuation package. You see, to look after you. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's my accent. I feel will never leave me. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Oh, Rowan what? still doesn't fully understand me anyway, so it's okay. That's why we get on so well. <laughs> I actually can't understand him at the best of times. Like I actually have to ask him to slow down. <laughs> And really accentuate his words um, and don't forget his vowels. But funny you say that because he is actually coming to you from Queensland at the moment. From sunny, where are you? Coolangatta Beach, yeah, surrounded right. by beautiful, 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 beautiful plants and trees. How'd you manage to do that, man? I thought they were trying to keep everyone out of New South Wales out of there. You managed to jump the border. <laughs> The problem is New South Wales really wanted to get rid of me. So <laughs> Queensland, Queensland was the easiest place for it to go. No, you know what, man? It was like to, I came here to do some work and the exemption and everything was a bit of a task. Yeah. And then obviously the 14 days of quarantine, but, you know, it, it's not that hard to just sit there and eat when they tell you to eat. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's not a lot to it, really. Got a bit of songwriting done in there. That was probably the best thing. I'm sorry for the neighbours next door because it was just me singing. In the falsettos, shower. Falsettos that I have no business singing. 
man, um, did they did they knock on the walls or anything? Were they like shut up or were they were they did they leave you alone? Um, there was a little bit of that going on, but you know, I I just ignored it, which <laughs> isn't really that polite, but you know. See, well, not... they're just going to have to get on with it. Yeah, exactly, man. It's also probably not very polite on their end to bang on the walls and tell you to shut up. So, yeah. Uh, I, 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 maybe, I, maybe, maybe they were doing something else. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> well, I think the, um, the rock and roll thing, man. I think, I think now Jack's kind of got discovered that your shower is your own natural reverb chamber, basically. So we might go and record the next couple of songs in the bathroom, you know? to get that natural reverb going because you're coming up with all sorts of vocal harmonies from the shower. It sounds great. The only issue is, is that when I get in the shower and then I think of it, you know, when you're like, you've just started the shower, but you're already in the shower, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you're not, you, you're thinking, I can get out now, but I am wet or I can just finish it. And then there I am continuously singing something. Yeah. Just so I can remember it. And, you know, finish me shower. We're all about efficiency at the Grand Union Superannuation yeah, yeah. Fund. And to then get out <laughs> and record it on my phone. And by that point, it doesn't sound anything like it did five minutes before. But, but life goes on. That's, that's certainly true, man. And, um, and the, I think the good thing is, once you're wet in the shower, you, you can't get really any wetter, can you? You, you, you? You've already taken care of that, uh, you know, side of things. So you may as well Wetter the better, I always say. <laughs> Well, you also got a music video with your wet hair as well, so you can stare in a camera with your wet hair and make yourself a music video. So it's a bit of a two and one okay. in one place. Okay, I can mm. do that. We could take that to the next level, I think. Mm. <laughs> when you got when you boys jo oh, joined this Zoom chat, I thought, well, oh, really, we 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 have the we have John and Paul in the chat with us, you know, for and uh, and you know the Beatles had an experimental album with Sergeant Peppers, and you guys can have your Sergeant Peppers, but in the shower. That's the new Yellow Submarine. <laughs> so, um, how how did you guys start the band or the super, super <laughs> fun you guys were doing? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was a bit of a delay with it. I was, I was just asking, um, how did you guys start this super fund or your super band and, and when it happened? Well, I guess you could say there was a, a merging of super funds. Um, you know how, you know, sometimes they come together. So basically, uh, over the last few years, myself, uh, the guitarist Stu and the drummer Mark, so we've been playing as a kind of nucleus for a number of years under different names, um, most recently it was Cloak and Dagger and um, about a year and a half maybe two years ago we found Paul who was the bassist um, he's also from northern England um, from Manchester from Manchester um, and so we were jamming with him doing the Cloak and Dagger thing and then we found Jack in about December last year maybe January I think I first met you January um, it was love at first sight and um, we decided that we would kind of reinvigorate or merge a couple of projects and, you know, restart that grand union moniker again. And um, we did a couple of shows in January, February, March and May, and then hit the lockdown again. But um, been in the studio, recorded a bunch of stuff, recorded a bunch of live content. Um, that's kind of how this iteration of the band has come together, I guess. 
um, it's just two super funds merging into one. By the way, for anyone in England that listen, Superfund is a pension. Okay. I'm just here to translate for you and keep it real. It's actually the same in New Zealand too. Yeah. So it's your pension. Two pension okay. funds. And you know, with more funds comes more wealth, which means more returns, right? So away you go. We're investing in you. Or you're in investing in us, actually. Man, you you're really selling the package. I'm starting to get confused. <laughs> I think we should have a career change. Yeah. <laughs> we should go door to door. You know, because you can offer optional extras. Like we can give you funeral cover. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> funeral cover, hail damage, all sorts. Beautiful, man. I'll join the, I'll join if you throw in the OnlyFans as well. Oh, that's complimentary. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> done, done. Sold. But um, like, you, how do you, how do you boys work as a dynamic though? Because you've got so many people in the band from you know different different you know different worlds, and you've all kind of come together and created this grand union. Um, has it has it been an easy collaboration with you guys, or has it you know been a bit of battling around? Probably when the soccer's on for for truth, for you. Truth be told, for me, when when I first came and jammed with the boys, when I when I sang with Stu, our guitarist. I, I've never sang with anyone before where I've thought this sounds quite good, yeah. right? And maybe I'm a selfish lover. Maybe I'm a selfish singer. I don't know. But when I sing with Stu, it actually, like, I feel it when I sing with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And straight away, I was like, I, I was convinced that it could be something special just by the, the fact that it sounded so good when we, like, harmonised. And then Rowan, the first time like working with Rowan, watching Rowan literally put together a song and and like how how it should go and like it's he's it, Rowan. I'll, I'll give you this. You're quite good at that. I don't get too excited by it. I do. I do like to do a bit of the arranging and cutting and conducting, basically. So a lot of the time, Stu will come up with the nucleus of the song. And you talk about the conflict point, like Stu, Marks, the drummer, and I have jammed for years, right? And in various different groups, cover stuff to originals. Yeah. And so we've got a, um, we've just got a real easy relationship. So the rhythm and the nucleus of it is bettered down. There's not too much um, friction. In fact, there's no friction there. Stu will come up with something. He'll come to me. He'll come to now Jack. We had a bunch of songs before Jack started that we were working on and, and we kind of finished those off yeah. um, in the studio this year. So a lot of the songwriting process was already done. And when we when we got Paul, we got a totally new flavor on bass. Like that dude's just a walking, finger-picking bass machine animal. So he brought a whole bunch of stuff to the equation and it's actually, Unfortunately, I guess it's really easy. Like I'd love to tell sort of war stories about, you know, throwing bottles at each other, but it's actually really, really easy. Um, I mean, of course we have to have some discussions about what should remain and what should go, but that's, you know, if you're not doing that, then you're not really pushing it. 
Well, yeah, for sure, man. And I, I think you're, 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 you're blessed if it's easy. That, that is a great thing. And that means that something's working, that all the gears are working in motion together, mm. which, is, which is fantastic. But you boys recently released a, a, a new track. And I just want to ask, like, was, was, um, what was kind of the inspiration behind it? Yeah, so this is one, this you're referring to Darkest Horse. So I'd say that it started with a sort of lyrical or a theme that came through, which was um, basically like in real bare bones, good versus evil, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, we always like to take heroes and villains and try and incorporate them into the song. And you'll notice that in some of the lyrics, you know, some of the lyrics of the jokes on you and why aren't you laughing? I mean, I think everyone can kind of guess what that's a reference to. But the song also came about from thinking about um, military trials that were sort of good at the time or people thought they were good, but they went spectacularly wrong and actually ended up kind of stuffing up humanity in some respects. Um, and so that's where the, the sort of the lyric came from. And then in terms of the music, um, we wanted to recreate that kind of epic grand um, you know, movie scene, chase through the sky, you know, stuff going on in the desert, trials, bombs going off, jet planes flying through the sky. And so that's why in the middle of the song, there's that acapella um, vocal only, which lovely Jack does. And then it cuts yeah. into the guitar solo and it, all, it makes you feel like there's, you know, fighter planes going across the sky. And um, it starts atmospheric, like it's kind of like you're in a barren desert or a big grassy field where they would conduct tests and when you look at the video clip that's exactly what we tried to replicate because we did it on an old um, Air Force uh, Air Force New South Wales um, facility so we're on the landing strip in there and you've got the grassy fields behind you so yeah I mean it started with that idea of good versus evil and just kind of went from there wow wow that's Ooh. fantastic and are you are you thinking about it in your head that like that the whole time like are you a visual thinker uh yeah so as soon yeah. like this these lyrics were written by Stu as soon as he writes something I'm thinking what imagery can we use for this what yeah. you know and so you'll see that the cover art is the horse obviously darkest horse but with a little <laughs> parachute on it right yeah. so it's one of those little slapstick comic parachutes like they were dropping horses out of planes you know in yeah. wars like what the fuck <laughs> like and so you we try and weave that in with all the imagery whether it's the cover art or the video clip or the you know try and match the lyric and music well so, man that like that like you I, my my brain works a similar way like i always think of like music in terms of like um um you know like just just visually kind of um, thinking about it but it's cool to see that that it's also I'm not alone in that in that respect yeah that's you know that's where your thoughts get weird that's where you get creative I mean like and sometimes Stu and I will bounce off each other on songs like if he's come up with the song the genesis of the song then often he'll just throw it over to me and go well what do you think this should look like or how should it be represented and vice versa it works in the reverse because sometimes when it's the song you've written and created, you kind of, you, you view it through one lens and you kind yeah. of need other people to help you see what might be possible with the creative side of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's important to remove ego when you're doing anything like that, because if you get, if you get to, this is how I think and, you know, and, and if, 
you need other people's ideas. You know, yeah. I'm, I there's there's no doubt in my mind that Paul McCartney went saying to John, "No, no, leave it out with this." You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just there's no way. So it is. It, it's 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 nice as well, and it, it's nice that. There's that relationship between everyone in the band, to be honest, like we were saying before. I think the reason there's no fiction and things is because we are all a little bit older and a little bit wiser and, you know, everyone's had the Jim Morrison face. Some people go through it for a little bit longer than they should. And, you know, it's just, you find, you've got to choose your hill to die on sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, man. That's very true. And I and I think that's that they're all lessons that you have to learn the hard way, and it's good to hear that mm. you boys are on the other side of that now. Don't get me wrong, I drank a, I was a half bottle of Gentleman Jack last night, and, but you know we're we're trying. Isn't that every just... every day is a, another opportunity to be better? That's same with me, Rowan. Standard night on the Gold Coast, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah, worth it, uh, worth it. Um. Yeah, I mean, like the other thing we mentioned, the ego point, like you can't be afraid to ask your band members for ideas and things like you've got to be open and honest and transparent about what you're what you're doing. And you can't just hold your ideas and hold them so close and be afraid to let other people weigh in on them, critique them, commentate them. And an example that you just reminded me of, Jack, I had an idea for the cover art. And I was kind of stuck and I was like, yeah, I like this. I don't like this. I think it'll be hard to execute. What do you reckon? And it was just as simple as picking up the phone. I mean, we we're in the middle of lockdown, picking up the phone and going, here are my ideas. What do you think? Blah, 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 blah. And what Jack came up with was 10 times better. I was like, that's it. We're going with that. Like mm. stuff my idea, let go of my ego. We're going with that idea because it's better. And it's about recognizing in the band, I think, like acknowledging when someone's idea is better than yours and not letting your ego get in the way of that. Yeah. 100%, man. And Have you just given me a compliment there, Rob? <laughs> Bit of a backhanded compliment, but yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this feeling. I'm say, just put it, put it in the pocket and save it for later. I will, definitely will. Oh, sure. man, well, this is going on to YouTube, so this is saved forever, so... You can, you can watch this and replay it as many times as you like, man. I will. And, and my grandmother will and my mother will. We'll, we'll put a timestamp on it saying between this this time and this time, Rohan made love to Jack over yeah. online. A little bit of wouldn't clickbait be, there. It wouldn't be the first time, Paul. It would mm. not be the first time. <laughs> Hopefully not the last. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, say, if, what if that was it? What if that was it for me now? He yeah. never compliment. Listen up, people. He never compliments me ever again after that. <laughs> like, there's your superannuation future. He never I'm, compliments me ever again. I'm just hard to please. <laughs> That's, in the fine print. <laughs> That's in the fine print you don't see at the bottom. <laughs> Battery's not included. <laughs> now, boys, like you're... Like we're, we're, I suppose we're at a at a at a point now where this COVID shit is kind of, kind of starting to die down, and the world's starting to open up, and and the the future seems a bit brighter than it was a couple of months ago. Now, what are you what are you fellas doing for for shows and stuff like that? Have you got a bit of a plan and a strategy to attack this? Yeah. So, obviously, Jack's up in the Gold Coast, um, and we'll be there I think till the end of November. 
Stu uh, Maestro also moved to Canberra during lockdown. Fucking, you know, great. Um, and but he's actually he's actually up here this weekend for the first time since you know May. I think since uh, Frankie's gig in May. Um, so I'm going to catch up, see him later today. So once the borders, are, I mean, the Canberra, the ACT New South Wales borders open, so he can come up and down as he pleases. Jack will be back, and then by December we'll be back on track. We have a big gig in December, which we can't disclose yet, but it will be announced on the 14th of November. Um, We're playing on the moon. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. We're going to the moon. We're playing on the moon. (laughs) On the moon? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Think of of big gigs that happen in Sydney in December, um, and that's all I can say. Um, for now, until next week. Um, so we'll be hitting that as like a return, and also, you know, um, like a we won't do it as a darkest horse release because the song's already a little bit older now. But we will release another single on the night um, via streaming services. Um, so we'll do that gig in December. We're back in the studio without Jack at the end of November. We're going to lay some beds down on a couple of the new songs that we've been writing in lockdown so that when Jack gets back, he'll be ready to do vocals on those. And then I think we're looking at a gig uh, with Sab and the Duke of Enmore in the new year, January, February. So it'll be the big gig in December and then another one in January or Feb. Duke of Enmore will be really good to play at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's been on our list. I mean, she's a legend, like, Mm. you know, just an amazing person and we're stoked to get in there and um, play under her roof again because it was always a lot of fun when we do it at Frankie's and she was there. So it'll be awesome to get down there to the Duke, um, which is my favourite watering hole in the inner west. So um, that'll be good. And then after that, we'll just see, we'll release another song in February. Um, We are just waiting for everyone to be back together to record the video for that. So... Nice man, and like that's that's like it seems like you guys have got a busy plan ahead. Then, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, the thing about Stu and Jack is that they just pump out a mountain of songs. I wake up in the morning, my WhatsApp's full of messages and songs. So there's heaps of material. So because COVID interrupted our release, um, like Darkest Horse was supposed to be released in July, and we just decided there's too much shit going on. Like it's just. Uh, everyone's distracted at the moment so we'll release it in um, September October we are actually sitting on the rest of the EP at the moment which is a five track EP so this other song will come out in December and then the next one in Feb but by that time we would have already recorded and finished the next one so we'll just be quickly dropping out tracks in the middle of lockdown we we did a gig at the factory theater earlier in the year and got it live pro film so we've just been releasing the live clips from that show, which has kind of tidied us over, giving people something to look at and listen to. So, yeah, we've got a jam-packed release schedule and um, it'd be awesome to get back on stage to play some gigs. Can you tell that Rowan looks after all of this for us? <laughs> Can I'm you like, tell? He is think... my superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I think um... he'll, he'll say, Jack, I need you here. Yeah, or I need you to do this then, and and I just go, okay, okay, Rowan, I'll do it. I'll do it yeah. for you. I think my official title is um, Bandman, like Band Admin, just Bandman. So that's nice. Me. 
Nice. And like every, every band, I suppose, like they have, there's somebody who needs to take that role, but what would you say the roles of everyone in the band are? Cause everyone's got their own like unique kind of thing. You've got the, you've got the driver and you've got, you know, the, the, you know, I, I don't know. What, what would you say yeah. the roles are? I mean, I'll say it. And then Jack, you can give your take. Cause I mean, Jack's been with us, what, 10 months now. So like yeah. his perspective will probably be different, I guess, to mine. But for me, Stu is the, chief creative songwriter like he's the sergeant at arms you know in charge of that and um i reckon that's a pretty good characterization of him paul is like the chilled tall dude every band so tall. Tall dude. So tall. i'm thinking like tom hamilton from aerosmith and like you know bands that just have that really chilled tall dude who plays bass um and Mark's All age from is, the Adams family. Yeah. Marks <laughs> is an enigma. Like he is an absolute enigma. Like <laughs> that guy, like I reckon he must wake up and have a thousand WhatsApp messages and doesn't respond to one of them. <laughs> and you don't even know that he's read it. He's just, you call him, it's like Batman. You put the bat signal up and he'll come, but otherwise you won't hear from him. Honestly, uh-huh. it's quite possible that he's in the CIA. I'm just putting it out there because we don't know anything about him. Nothing. The more the I get to learn about him, the less I know about him, honestly. I've known him for He's almost 10 years. And I've known him for 10 years, and it's like he is such a mystery. But the most <laughs> pleasant, lovely man you'll ever meet. It's just, it's, it is actually baffling. Like, yeah. So we call him the Enigma, really. Um, and, you know, Jack's, are, you know, Hot spunk, basically. That's him. That's how I think of him. The front man. That's two, that's two compliments for you today, and I'm going to cut it at there. But um, Jack's got an amazing melodic ear, like amazing for vocal harmonies, for writing melodies, for writing lyrics. He is, I'd call him the fun one, if I could say it that way. He's, I can always count on him to be with me at the end of the bar, at the end of the night, basically. I'm gonna start crying. This is this is so I wanna thank I wanna thank my mom. I wanna thank, I wanna thank the academy. I wanna that's I really, think, really sweet, Ron. I think yeah. you just like wrapped up like three compliments into one there. You said that Jack's bringing the you bring in the sex appeal, you bring in the fun, and wait, what was that? There was one more I think you slipped in there. Yeah, let me hear it again. Uh that I <laughs> I don't know. I slipped it into your DMs. You just have to take a look. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, I will. Smooth. Nice. See, I I think I think of it as Stu is like a ten year old boy in a candy store, right? And nothing is off the table. Nothing is unreachable. Nothing is unattainable. And then the rest of us are just trying to. You've had too many sweets today, Stu. Come on, let's let's be let's be smart, and you know, because he has that many ideas, it, it it's ridiculous, isn't it, Rowan? Yeah. He, he is. He's he's honestly, I've never met anyone so prolific for just knocking out and anything like for, for finishing songs. That I, I can't say enough nice things about the man. To be honest. Yeah, that, the volume he's just, is incredible. He's just, and it's quality as well. It's not like it's just quantity. 
He's he's very, very, very talented, Stu. He's very talented. And he can sing as well. And sometimes wow. I think, whoa, I'm stealing a living here. I am <laughs> stealing a living. Because he's so good. He is really good. I've probably just removed myself from the band by saying that. He'll be like, I don't need you anymore. But uh, Paul, I, I love Paul, the bass player, because he's he's from 38 miles from where I'm born. You know, he's just just to have someone who understands, you know, humour and culture and everything. Yeah. The only problem with Paul is he's about nine feet tall. That is literally the only issue I have with him. <laughs> he's so he's so tall, and he if you stand next to him on stage, you know if he goes in front of you for a minute, you disappear. <laughs> I can eclipse you. You you you're just gone. You're gone. Um, yeah, Marcus. As I said before, he's an enigma, but as a as a as a drummer, the man's just solid. He, he's solid in everything he does. He's. He, I think of him like Ringo, where he just wants to go to his octopus's garden, and he just he just wants to be left alone. <laughs> and then you tell him when there's a gig, and he'll just be there, and he'll be amazing. And then he leaves. And you, you don't see him again for a while. <laughs> um, Rowan, I'm not saying anything nice about you. There's been enough compliments on this show, not on my watch. We're not going over the ten compliment limit. No, <laughs> Rowan. Rowan's like, uh, it, I feel like I've got a, a brother relationship with Rowan. He, I can, I, I feel like he kind of knows when I need to hear certain things, like what's just happened before, and then he can tell me when when I need to be told. And I think, and he's not a bad guitarist either. So I'm like the mother hen, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's very nice. Very sweet of you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. this interview's turned out to be warm and fuzzy. Was not. Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I think this is our like this. This is a this is a first that this has happened on our on on one of these podcasts. I mean, we've had a lot of nice things, but I think this this one has been the nicest, kindest interview we've had so far. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen each other for in the yeah, first like five be, months, and we're all sticking, and then we'll see each other, and then the compliments will stop. But no, I think I think it's all genuine. It's very nice. Well, uh, we'll have to do part two now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you've after you've all seen each other and caught up for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're out each other's throats. Now, guys, like as a like as a band, have you had any like um? you know, like real, real moments together where you thought, oh man, this is, this is like some, uh, like a proper rock and roll moment here. Like this is either like, this is either like, um, you know, like, like any band's dream or this is like a spinal tap moment. Either way, have you had, have you had either one? Jack? I, I, I am pleading the fifth. <laughs> so i think so just before lockdown we released cathedral of pain which was the first single we'd put a couple of tracks on we created our um you know streaming accounts and whatnot put a couple of teaser tracks up there that we would worked on 
we released Cathedral of Pain and we coincided it with a Frankie's gig, right? And, you know, in various iterations and other bands, I'd played there, oh man, like since, since it started, played there, I can't count how many times, right? So it's a very familiar place and it's a familiar stage and it's just, you know, it's got that vibe to it. When we released Cathedral of Pain, um, you know, we had the T-shirts, we had the merch, we had everything sorted and locked. We'd been rehearsing heaps, we'd done all the studio stuff. And when the curtain opened and it was like a sea of people, yeah, I just thought, you know, I've been, I've stood here so many times, but this is different. People are listening, people are watching, people are buying, people are really getting into it. And it's not just your mates and your family and your friends. There are other people around here coming to watch. And at that moment, I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then, you know, the gig was over in a flash. Yeah. packed house awesome um so there you know in this new iteration of the grand union or the the meshing of the super funds um i'd say that is the first moment we've had and we really only had from january to may until that also i'd say filming the video clip for darker source was a little bit rock star um that was fun you know having you know video crews um getting told off, getting the ranges coming down, you know, typical stuff that you'd expect. So yeah, that, that also was cool. Filming videos always makes you feel like a rock star. It's fun. It's like the best part. I mean, it's the worst part because you have to do the same thing 20 times in one day. It's also <laughs> the best part. Yeah, I actually, I'll, I'll agree with you on the Frankie's game. When that curtain opens, it's like, just palpable, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. It's that thing of, because you have an idea of how many people are outside, you know, how many people are in there. And then when you see them, there's always that moment in my heart and I go, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. If they're still there by the end of the gig, that's, that's another one I, uh, I pride myself on. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Were you guys opening or, um, were you guys opening or headlining that gig? At Frankie's? Uh, Headlining, yeah. Headline, nice. Yeah, yeah, because it was the release of Cathedral. Yeah, yeah, headlining that one. Um, and I it feels think it's so a, long ago. Yeah, I know. It feels like an age ago. Like, I've played there so many times. That one just felt different. Yeah. It just felt different. Like, the factory was cool, right? But everyone was still sitting down for that, like, completely sitting down, and there were restrictions. So it's always hard to judge when the crowd is sitting down, um, you know, as we've had to experience for the last 18 months or so. But the, that one was just different. Um, and it was just such a shame that everything got cut, you know, only two or three weeks later, but it was good to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, like I don't, I don't, I, I found it very hard to have like a lot of any motivation to go to go to gigs and stuff while this COVID thing's been happening, just because it's like, I don't want to have a big boogieing in the chair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, it's good to sit, like hear that you guys have had that moment of Frankie's where, you know, um, I think that's, I think that's really what any band like, you know, wants. And that's a really good sign. That means you've got, you know, the green flag once you start doing gigs and, you know, you've got people there that you don't know and, and they're, they're digging what you're doing. And yeah, man, that, that's, that's, that, that's amazing. Yeah. I think it makes you approach songwriting a little differently as well. When yeah. when we played that Frankie's uh, the factory, sorry, and it was seated and it was it was a bit like 
there's an English TV show called Phoenix Nights. Felt like I, I, I can't explain. And I love, I love the factory, but there's something just audition feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it wasn't. I we were a school band on on the on the stage. That's how it felt. And yeah. I think a lot of it, you then start to think, well, you can't go and play a rock show because if you're you don't want to see a rock show if you're sat there. So you have to you have to change and you have to think about the songs you're writing, and it it, it helps you out because then you're appealing to more people in general anyway. Yeah. If you can cover a few bases and genres, and try and give it so that everyone can then like it and enjoy it a bit more, even if they are sat down, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we try a lot of the set list has a common theme to it, right? It's hard rock. It's bluesy hard rock with, you know, soulful singing elements and a little bit of indie. There's a common thread throughout it, but all the songs are quite different. And some of them are quite dynamic, slow parts, instrumental parts, heavier parts. We try and build a set list around the venue. We always tailor it to the venue, always tailor it to the time of night, or it's a day gig or an evening gig and try and mix things up. And, you know, we did that for seated and non-seated gigs. We'll kind of change what is in there to suit the audience and the crowd. Um, I think you have to. You can't, you know, it's fun, but you, it's it's not as fun getting your head blasted off when you're just sitting there, like, just yeah. jump yeah. around. Do, doing a bit of knitting. Yeah. So, uh, the only know, time... just doing Sudoku, like, sitting <laughs> playing. <laughs> That's it, man. The only time I've heard it sounding like fun is uh, we, we interviewed this band from the Shire and they, they were telling us they did a gig where everybody just picked up the chairs because they weren't like bolted to the ground. So everyone's just running around the room with their cities whilst seated in the chair. <laughs> I mean, it's technically correct. So why not? Yeah, and I was like, man, that sounds like a blast. And the security are trying to calm everyone down and tell them to put the chairs on the floor. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just getting visions of like WWE, right? Where they pick up <laughs> chairs and they start throwing them, and like body slamming on the ground. That's what I'm. What picturing. was, what was the band called? Uh they were called the Musical Radical. Chairs. Oh, well, the <laughs> <laughs> got him. Oh man, thank you. <laughs> uh, and um, and did I want to I, when when we were talking before about you guys recording music, I had a question in my mind, but um, um, now I kind of want to go back to it and just ask, like, how do you guys like record music? Are you are you guys are you fellas going into the studio and doing it all in there, or are you going there and recording drums and doing the rest at home on Logic and stuff, or what's the process? To date, it has all been in the studio. So we record with a guy called Michael Carpenter out of Love Hurts Studio in Leichhardt. Genius. The man's a genius. Absolute. Just, um, just a monster. Like just... Willy Wonka. Oh, man. And that chocolate factory is so cool because he lets <laughs> us come in there and play with all of the toys, right? He's yeah. got guitars lined up all around the walls, drum racks full of drums, you know, fiddles, mandolins. I've used them before steel string acoustics, 12 strings, everything, you name it, he's got it, organs, pianos. So we will generally like write the stuff at home. We used to use like, I think Stu had an old eight or 12 track that we used to literally plug in at the rehearsal studio. 
and yeah. do it that way. And then we got a little bit more sort of sophisticated with um, iPhones and external mics and whatnot. And we would get the bed of the track down on that. Yeah. Everyone would go home, work on their parts, work on their arrangements so that when it came time to coming into the studio with Michael, we basically pre-produced it already. Yeah. And we'll generally start with recording the drums first. And he's a drummer, right? And he's a fantastic drummer. Um, so he sets up the drums and just makes everything perfect. We literally just walk in, <laughs> cut the drums, do a couple of live takes in the room just to get the feel and then record all of our parts separately. Yeah. Um, we did, we've done some songs where we are all in the control room just playing. And some of them you don't, you know, you don't want the feedback coming through or you don't want instruments bleeding into uh, the amps. So we'll just record the parts separately, jump in the vocal booth, Jack does his magic and that's kind of the songs and we can bust out, you know, easily a couple of songs a day with him. Um, he mixes on the fly. So he cuts it and mixes it all right there in front of us, which is amazing. So the process is really quick. Stu's used them for a bunch of stuff. I've used them before. Everyone's yeah. kind of used them. So there's a really good producer relationship there. Now, given Stu's in Canberra, um, he's recording a lot of stuff in a home studio that he's built yeah. himself. So he's doing that and sending us the beds for us to play along with and to make up our parts. Um, TBC, so we'll be trying it in November, whether we use the beds of what he's done or we just, you know, rip it up in the studio um, and lay the beds down of these new songs. So, yeah, we've always found it very smooth and easy with Michael. He's like, just a genius, an actual musical genius. He has this little piano, right? When you're out of tune, when you're in the vocal booth or whatever, he holds up this little piano, just dings on the note to kind of get you there. He he totally guides you. He's amazing. Does he? Does he? He's never had to use that for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> no, he's, it, honestly, he's, um, there's just something about going in there. And like, I never used to enjoy the recording process until until I came here and like with the Grand Union, I just, I just never, it, it, it always felt a bit like the ugly sister, you know what I mean? Mm. You've been, you've been, you've been stuck with her for a while. You didn't know that her sister was Angelina Joey, but you're there. And <laughs> when, when, when I met, like when I went in with Michael and just like, even for overdubs and things like that, he, he, he will try anything you ask him to, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a couple of tracks we did. Was it May or when was it June, Rowan? Uh, it was in May. Start of May. Those, those couple of tracks. Um, oh, yeah. And, it, it, like, some of the overdubs in the song, it just... It, it, he is... He's a very, very brilliant man. Yeah. So I don't I, think he even likes me, but I love him. I know it's it's quite funny. Like every time, I, there's a running joke that I want to go and re-record the guitars always, right? Or just like, you know, I like to give him a little bit of a heart attack every now and then by saying, uh, you know what, I just want to come back in and do all these guitars again. Or when I get to the studio and he just gives me this look, he's like, "You are not fucking doing those guitars again. That is it." But he um he plays his kind of forte of what he plays is a lot of classic rock, a lot of pop, and a lot of country. So yeah. he has his own original bands that, and he does gigs all up and down the coast, Australia, Perth, everything worldwide. Um, and he also does a lot of pop music and he plays in a lot of cover bands, notably Beatles cover bands, and also does a lot of rockabilly stuff um, in Sydney in the inner west. 
Anyway, the point of this is that he's not recording day in and day out our stuff, right? Our, our genre or our type of music. And so there's always been this mutual challenge where we're challenging him to think about things in the way that we think about them. And he challenges us to think about ways that he thinks about, right? So sometimes that will be, um, you know, different arrangements, different vocal harmonies and different guitar parts. Yeah. And I think there's this kind of energy. What I'm trying to say is if we were just going into the studio with someone who liked our type of music, played our type of music, we'd probably just sound really generic, but we get tested. Yeah, I think that's what you want too. Cause I don't want you, like if you guys go in there and you have somebody that likes your music and likes you, you don't want them going like, oh, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. And clapping every decision you make, yeah. which would probably be good yeah. for your ego, but it would suck for your music. Cause then you would end up with just putting out shit because you're like, old mate over here says that everything we do is brilliant, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a good relationship to have. I, I was I, I I was doing a vocal on a song. I can't remember his song. And he, he just he, he he pressed well, you know, he stopped it and he said, you, you're singing this really well. Perform yeah. it for me. <laughs> and it, it was like a light bulb, you know. I can I can I can sit there and try and sing it as perfectly as I can, but it's it's putting the performance in. Yeah. You know, if you're telling a story or whatever. And it, I, I think he's, he's a massive, 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 he deserves massive credit for what he's done with us. Yeah. Definitely. And what the journey that he takes us on every time, he is not afraid to tell you something shit. Like he'll just yeah. flat, he'll go, that's shit. No. But he's not afraid to try it. He'll always try it. We'll always try an idea. We'll always put it down. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, at least at least he tells you it's shit after you've tried it. You know, that's the main thing. Yeah, I feel like it's also therapy going there. Like when I come out, I feel like this range of emotions. It's cathartic. It's like you know, invigorating. But it's also like fuck that hurt. My pride got dented a bit there. Um, but you know, you come out of it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. It's always good to have the the ego sandpapered a little bit here and there. Oh no, he's just got a grinder. He's fucking grinding <laughs> down. <laughs> oh man, and like you, what you were saying before, like when you go in there, he's got all these toys on the wall. Like, do you ever? Is that ever an option in the back of your mind? Going, fuck, we didn't come in here planning on having a bit of organ on the track, but seeing as it's here, I'm tempted to get one of those oh, and hook up a sitar and do all that kind of, <laughs> and have a, yeah, like, yeah. does it ever ponder your mind? Oh no, he lets us do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We've, we, we've, we've got a track which, which won't be released for a while, but it, I, I think it's very, very, very good. And there's like 14 Japanese wind instruments on it. <laughs> and it's it's honestly brilliant yeah. and he's just got that on like the top shelf you know what i mean yeah it's uh, it's, it's 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 a candy store yeah yeah that's definitely we put organ we put pianos on things he's got a couple of really nice old pianos just you'll walk past it and go you know i was thinking about this for the song and i'm a bit afraid to try it and he'd go do it just try it do it and you know, there was one night where I remember it was me and him in a studio till about 
12.30 or 1 a.m. laying mandolin, electric mandolin overdubs, right? Like that was never part of the song. That was never supposed to be part of the equation. But once you get going, it's just, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, that that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys have, uh, you know, like, because I would be tempted to do all that kind of shit. If you walked in there and said, oh, you've got this, I'd be like, well, can I can I have it? Can I yeah. touch that one? <laughs> There are some things that are off limits, but by and large, he kind of lets you go. Yeah, yeah. As long, like, as just as long as you don't, you know, trying to play hard rock on a banjo, I think that's where you probably have to draw the line, yeah? No, I'm just waiting till we can write a song where I've always wanted to do one of those like 80s rock moments where they you bash the gong. He's got one of those, like, oh, surely man. we can incorporate that. I mean, we've, you know, we've thrown a lot of stuff in there, but that would be a moment. Yeah, you'll have to write a song, you know, bang the gong. Yeah. <laughs> Get it on. Yeah, could, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> could be interpreted in other ways for people in Wollongong, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. You have to do your spin on it. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, maybe we got that look to look forward to. You know? The... We'll just have a three-minute three, three minute song of us hitting the gong. <laughs> <laughs> um the grand union with Wollongong and the dirty gong or you know just you guys just bashing it i, may, I don't see might why not, not do so well <laughs> well i don't know man <laughs> how did we end up here let's uh how do we get here so do you guys have like any like interstate or out-of-state gigs you like to play in the future like, would you like go to New Zealand or even England as well? Go back to your home countries and play. Was yeah, that like the everywhere, man? Everywhere. I, I I think I, to, to go to go and play England again. There's there's something the Australian music scene and the English music scene is two completely different things. And I I, I was saying this to the boys. I was like, I'd love to. Go. I've still got a lot of contacts at, at home. I didn't burn all those bridges. Um. <laughs> So it'd be it, it'd be amazing to go around the UK. I think we'll wait and see what happens in regards to that bleeding disease that everybody keeps talking about, and then yeah, you yeah. know, and then we can start looking at doing it because I, it's to see Rowan in the middle of Liverpool at three a.m. <laughs> eating a kebab is 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 why I got into music. Great. <laughs> I mean, we've done that in Wollongong, but, you know, yeah. Liverpool would be unreal. Um, Stu and Marks used to live together in London, right? So they used to play in bands over there. And obviously Jack and Paul have lived over that way and played in bands. So those guys have done that a lot, and it would be really cool to take it all back over. Um, that would definitely be on the bucket list. Further north, we'd love to get up to Queensland. So mm. as soon as we can do that without having to quarantine, We've, through the release of Darkest Horse, have met a few bookers and promoters up there who are really keen to get us up. So I think that's, you know, as well as um, the Central Coast, uh, those are probably the next targets, Central Coast and basically all the way up the coast up into Queensland. And Mark, the drummer, is from Townsville, right? So, so he says. Yeah, well. But what do you really know about him? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> We'll and in the moon. 
we'll have to play every time when you said that i just wanted to i I just wanted to give the editors a note to play the um like uh what's it called the um the x-files music over that (laughs) 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 but i think that's the circuit yeah like all up the all up the north coast all the way up to you know brisbane and the gold coast like you can play all along there you're you're pretty much as long as you guys are booking the gigs up there i mean the you know that do it yeah the other one that we're hitting is uh canberra with obviously Stu now there for a few more months yeah. um he's doing a couple of gigs at the basement coming up yeah. with um some solo stuff and some cover stuff so that'd be another place to go play so that's on the list too nice mm. man Good. when you when you when you were thinking about going to queensland will you get will you guys drive all the way up and do do everywhere on the way um I guess it just depends how the dates are booked. Yeah. I think I would say we'll probably do a central coast thing yeah. and then maybe do a f- come back and then maybe do a fly up. But you know, I'm all for the road trip. Like, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's quite a nice drive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. with me in a car for that long, come on. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't even stay in this mind for that long. No way. <laughs> I was nearly I think- throwing myself out of the car on the way up here. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it depends how far north we're going, right? Like, if we're going well up, then maybe we start start in the Gold Coast and go up from there. But, you know, let's see. I'm talking to a promoter at the moment about getting some shows up there, so it'll just depend on the schedule. Yeah, what's, what's after the Gold Coast? Like, it, uh, like when, you, when you're going up, like, what's after that? I'd Where be hitting the problem what do you mean? Brisbane. Did Brisbane's you say- only 40 minutes away from Gold Coast. Yeah, but Brisbane I mean, once you get there. past the cities, I mean, what's what's after that? It's just like all... I think it's a freeway. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. crocodiles. It, 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 it quite literally is. Yeah. <laughs> just some, some rainforests. I mean, I don't know. Bear in mind, I am, your, I am your boots on the ground Queensland reporter here. Yeah. <laughs> we can just channel some deep forest in Enya and, you know, I don't know, go, go record our earth wind and fire album in the forest or something like that i don't know on the way up yeah man we'll be once once you get past like um like uh what what's it up it's like is it cans that's up there like um and then and then past that i remember as a kid it was like nothing like nothing everything kind of disappears except for these little towns and then you've got you know uh cape york in between there there's just a lot of crocodiles it's basically from there, everything can kill you. Like everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got many ways to go. It could be shark, crocodile, jellyfish, scorpion, spider, snake. I mean, fuck, even the COVID. 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 Yeah. Okay. What about that but, one? But um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm all for the experience, but I would like to make it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, man. Like when you when you said you were going to do some gigs up 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 north, I got very scared and concerned for your you know your safety. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You'll be driving the bus. Oh, man, thank you. That'd be a but, fun job. But it's okay because we all have health insurance and superannuation funds. That's it. Like That's with, the one. with insurance, so it's fine. Like if something happens, we'll be we'll be okay. Yeah, covered. Or your family will. Right, health insurance. Synchronization. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, have you guys gone down south at all? Like you said, Wollongong, but have you gone to any further down that way? 
Um, let me think. In previous iterations, not in, not since Jack's been with us, no. But uh, Wollongong, Dubbo, Orange. I mean, that's not South, obviously. Oh, you've been to my hometown, mate. You've been to Dubbo. That's. Oh yeah. Where did we play in Dubbo? We played at a really cool place that was like it looked like a ski chateau, all wooden on the inside, like a lodge with many different rooms. Was that you the know? bank, like the old bank? Yeah, like it, it looks was. like a old, really old building on the outside. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. bank. Yeah, yeah, we played there. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Man. Yeah, I felt that... like I was in a ski lodge, but I was in Dubbo, and I'm like, things are can't see any mountains or snow here. I, I love hearing story about your actors. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, was it in summer or winter you went up? Winter. Well, when you're lucky, man, you like <laughs> you would have melted in the in the in the summer. You know, the only thing I actually wanted to do was go to the zoo. Did you do? You didn't do it? No, nah, because we were told you'd need like a good few hours, and we had to uh, get back for a gig in Orange. Yeah, man, you don't need a good few hours. You need days. Like it's so right. spread out. You need to you need yeah. to either drive, which I recommend you do. Don't take the bicycles. Forget the bicycles, because yeah. otherwise you'll die. Ooh, someone told big. us that yeah did you die because like you get hit by an elephant or something right or eaten well that there's that there's totally that possibility there's only an electric fence in between you and the elephants and everything else i mean but you just drive because the, the, the it's so big that if you decide to take the bicycle you realize how much pedaling you'll be doing all day and you'll be lucky to come back I like the, the idea that uh, Richard Attenborough is stood there saying, welcome to Jurassic Park. That's exactly what <laughs> I was saying. Exactly what I was thinking is that when you mentioned the electric wire and seeing the animals, all I can think about is Jurassic Park. That's yeah. yeah, literally. And, and, and the scary thing is too, like when you go there, all the roads are up here and the animals are down there. So the animals can't really jump out because there's that distance of height, but you theoretically can jump in. Oh. That's yeah. And it's like, I saw a couple of videos of people jumping into the lion enclosures and you're like, what are you doing? Dude, yeah. why? Yeah. No, no, not recommended. That is that, that your health insurance will not cover that. Okay. So I think if you're dumb enough to jump into a lion enclosure, you probably deserve the outcome. <laughs> well, I think imagine probably- being like one of the, one of the trainers or, or whatever. And they're like, I'm not going in there. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. Unless, you, think, you think they're not going to eat me too because i work yeah come on yeah i think the trainers are eating. happy when that happens man because they're like oh we don't have to feed them tonight you know yeah. go home now. <laughs> and they look like a nice pair of shoes too yeah <laughs> <laughs> put them through the wash you know <laughs> but um what was orange like for you guys you did that in winter you might have got a little bit of snow uh trying to think we stayed at a motel next to a hungry jacks which was next to like a burger king no burger king is hungry jacks and we played at this place we played at a pub which was next to some railway tracks yeah right next to a railway crossing um that was cool that was actually really cool actually real locals pub real like you know straight up and down yeah rock and roll ready for you know a good yeah. time um that was cool um no snow but it was good yeah yeah nice it. man 
Did you go to the hoe? There's one pub in Orange and all the locals call it because it's like called Hotel Orange and it, they all call it the Ho. And I find it the funniest thing ever. It's like we're all going to the we're all going to the Ho tonight. And uh, <laughs> is that on the every, main street? Every, every bike yeah. it is been through the Ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, yeah. Is there a park across the road from it? Oh, I think so, man. When I yeah. went, I was I, I can't really remember my memory of going there. Like I went there a year ago and it's really patchy. Um, but I remember going in there and it's all young people and it was just madness. Like this kids on the roof, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah. And security's like, get off the roof. And there's like a h- army of like 20 people all jumping on the roof, telling security to fuck off. And people, p- just, people run around with the chairs. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, people are throwing the chairs there, man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Sitting on any chairs. <laughs> yeah. It was proper wild west experience, you know? It's I just fun. It's fun playing shows out of Sydney, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. Sydney is great. It's just different. And, you know, things are just a bit more relaxed and rough and kind of yeah. just yeah. fun out of Sydney. Like anything goes. Yeah. Do what you want. Yeah. I think if you want that, like that 80s portrayal of Australia, like that, you know, the, the Paul Hogan experience of Australia, you just have to go out like into rural new south wales like (laughs) head up that way and you'll get it yeah we um we played a gig in dy a couple of years ago and i can't remember the name of the place but it was like you were stepping into another world like it was almost like it was regional there and that was cool i just i like playing gigs in places that surprise you that you you know and and that are new yeah so i'm itching I'm really itching to get back out. Yeah, I'd man. like to go and play Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Melbourne would be great. Yeah, that's amazing. There's a lot of good bands down there in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's different again. Like that's a that's a that's a whole new new scene. I'm just wondering, like, a uh, question for you, Jack. What would you say, like, the difference is between like Australia's music scene and the UK's music scene? Like, what are the obvious differences? Um genre wise there's a, a lot of differences when i first got here i made an offhanded comment probably after half a battle with gentleman jack that i didn't think australian music was as good as british music and i said because what do you have you have lockdown you know the, the, the lockout wars and mm. i was like you live in paradise it's always sunny women are beautiful the beaches i was like you in, I think there's a reason that, you know, some, in, in my personal opinion, the best bands ever are British, and it's because it's grey, opportunities are down. It's not, it's not a nice place to grow up, and, and that goes then into music. How wrong was I with that offhanded comment after the half bottle of Gentleman Jack? That's when I found the clarity in it, and it's just, it's different, man. It's just like, yeah. The thing is, unfortunately, we're all living in a world now where, you know, Justin Bieber and the weekend and things like that, that is is what is is the common thing. When you ask someone and you're talking to someone about music, how much does it break you heart break your heart when, you know, they their favorite artist is that and I get that, you can like what you like, but it's 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 more I notice I think 
people in Australia are, are actually probably more willing to go to shows. Yeah. Because they like going out and, oh, you know, a bit of live music on and on. Oh, it, like, yeah. <laughs> in, in Britain, see, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Liverpool, right? And for a city that goes on about, we created music. Oh, yeah, those bills, they were It's very hard to get people to go to a gig on a Friday night. Yeah. And it really is. It's just, it's not there. I think Australia in general, the more thing, it, it's a more positive place to create music and it's a more positive place to play. Yeah. And that sunshine has a little bit to do with it. <laughs> you're probably, I think you're probably right, man. Um, but I, I think when you go to Melbourne, like you, have you been to Melbourne yet? Have you gone down there? Yeah, yeah, it's as cold as anywhere in England. When when I went there, it was I was like, mm, it, it, I could be in Manchester, for example. Yeah, it's a beautiful city, though. Man. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it was a bit a bit too much. For, it was a bit too like home for me, though. <laughs> um, but um, did it remind you? Did it like remind you of like? Um, like your home a little bit by like you know no lockout laws and all that kind of stuff is kind of reversed mm. there there's a there's a there's a different vibe in melbourne altogether i feel yeah i feel melbourne feels artsy i don't you know. necessarily know whether it, it is but it's got that and and i know it's like it's it could be like any metropolitan city but it's got like a bohemian nature about it melbourne yeah so I, I would like to go and play just to just to see, you know. As Rowan said, it's just it, it's it's good to just try it, you know, yeah. and to just experience it. Yeah. Would would they like us more? Would they like us less? You know what I mean? Because that's a very real thing. You've got to be quite, you know, where are we where are we going to play venue wise? Well, where you're going to get the kinds of people who are going to like your music. I played a gig at home in Leicester at this venue, and I don't think the promoter ever listened to the music before we got booked onto it. And it was a heavy metal gig, and we were not a heavy metal band, right? And every band, and it was like, you know, like Scream, Screamo, and whatever. And we couldn't have been more the odd one out on that lineup. There was nothing, there was nothing about the lineup that was like, you know, and we were we were main support. And I remember going on stage, and that was one of those moments where I thought, you're not going to get the people on this one, Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a situation that I could, I could, you know, achieve great things. After it, people were like, oh, yeah, good show. And, you know, like, oh, not my thing, but I enjoyed it, which is nice. But you have to think about that when you're booking gigs. Of Absolutely. Making sure, and what lineup you're going to be on. Because I don't ever want to be the main support in Leicester ever again. <laughs> and with people just looking at me with hate and disgust in their eyes. So Rowan, you need to be you need to be making a note of that. Yeah. That's good advice as well. Yeah. Play the right on. gigs. Play the right, the right gig. Time, don't yeah. play every gig, play the right gig. Yeah, the the, the... The show sounds good, but look at the bands as well. Yeah. <laughs> look at everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're not going to see Grand Union at the Country Music Festival next year. <laughs> I know you will. You will. Oh, I think we do quite well yeah, there. That's a variety. I think that's a variety of those festivals, so it'll be good. I've always wanted to go up to Tamworth. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. Well, it's quite funny. It's quite funny because I'm a little bit country and Rowan's yeah. a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Mix. I reckon we can make it work for sure. Yeah. Now you might have to look into to, to going up there, boys, because it's not it's it's quite interesting. It's like its own little own little you know world. Yeah. But um, yeah. Now I've, I've I was going to say, what about festivals for you guys? Have you tried to book yourselves on some kind of um you know smaller little festivals to suit your music? Yeah, we did one a mini fest in the Hawkesbury um a couple of years ago, yeah. and that was really cool um that was probably the main one it was like an all-day thing we played probably about seven or eight at night um but other than that in the new you know the the 2020 what year is it 2021 grand union now with jack on here yeah no festivals planned as yet but obviously we you know take it if it's the right festival and that's awesome oh no any any festival any festival is worth it man yeah there's there's something about like an you know the open top stage or even you know in the tents there's just there's something different about that and the thing is as well there's nobody who goes to a festival like that especially if it's a camping one that's being dragged there yeah. you know yeah it's not like where your mate in the footy team you were supposed to meet him on friday but your cousin's band's playing, so he's going to come with you now. He's been dragged to that gig. <laughs> a festival is people who are all all going for the same thing. Yeah. If you're going and looking at like the introducing stages and you know watching new bands, yeah. you're there for that. Yeah. So yeah. they they're easier people to get on your side as well. I mean, we've all been it. You know, everyone's done it as a spectator. You're there at ten, eleven a.m whether the gumboots are on the poncho or, you know, the shirts off or whatever, you're in the front row, you're yeah. standing at the front of the crowd and you're just, you're watching stuff that you would not necessarily watch on a Friday or a Saturday night if you're out in town. Like yeah. you are there to take in new things and listen to music. And that's the cool thing about them is you can discover so much. We just want to be entertained and people, that's all they want. Yeah. You know, they just, they just, just give them, give them something that, you know, like it's it, it, it's quite ridiculous, like in the grand scheme of things, when you when you think about music and gigs and whatever. Yeah. But if if for like thirty five minutes or forty five minutes or an hour, people can just forget about the shit going on in their lives, and COVID's the greatest example of that. Of where it's just constant worry and stress. Yeah. And if for 45 minutes or an hour, you can forget about that. For me, that that's kind of it. Although it used to be, you know, I'm going to be the biggest rock star on the planet and my ego would just live very front and center. Now it's, it, it's actually about just giving people something. Yeah. If they want it to just, just take take them away you know yeah i think also with the booking thing we were talking to some guys about uh, a festival in october and november and that was in you know april may and then all this shit happened we haven't seen a huge amount come back online yet 
Yeah. People are still not wanting to, you know, put money into things on a unscheduled, or like on a um, on a chance that things can get shut down or they can't yeah. plan or borders aren't open. So we, you know, we're in contact with people, but a lot of others are still very hesitant at the moment. But I mean, obviously, if anyone's listening, fucking here we are. We're ready. We're we're ready to go. Um, so we'll you know, love to get back out there on the festival scene. Um, but we just sense a bit of trepidation at the moment from people. Yeah. I, mean, just... I, I get it. I get it. I get yeah. that. Because get... There, there's been so much to be unsure about. Yeah. Literally. But um, what, what would you say, uh, you know, before, like, we're going to have to start wrapping this. Actually, Paul, I might throw this over to you, mate. You know, we'll start wrapping, you know, wrapping up this interview, mm. but you haven't asked your most famous question. Oh, um, since you guys have done a few gigs already, do you guys prefer to play at a great venue or with a great lineup? Ooh. When you start, when you say great venue, do you mean like crowd or like? Oh, venue? Well, what would bring better a great venue or a great lineup? Venue. Venue. Fuck yeah. Venue. Yeah, yeah, it's been 50-50. That's just been 50-50, actually. I want, like, you, 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 I, I want people to go home and think, oh, you know, what if that gig was definitely value for money. Of course you want that. But you, you, you're lying if you're saying you don't want to be the best on the bill. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, mm. <laughs> come on. Mm. Actually, I like that. That's a, good, that's a good way of thinking, being I the mean, best on the bill. For me, yeah, like for me, we have played on bills before, even this year, where the 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 genre lineups didn't line up exactly right. Yeah, I'm thinking back to one mosh pit gig that we did, <laughs> and it was like, well, I don't know what we tell you about the right gigs, about every gig. <laughs> what did, did you we do? step in, or someone stepped in for us, and it just like you know, but for me, it doesn't matter because you're there to win the crowd over. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what the other bands are. If you do your job and you do it fucking right, then you'll win the crowd over. And I'd rather win the venue and the crowd than worry about, you know, who else is on the bill. Because if you're good enough, you've entertained and you've done your job. Yeah, I agree with you, except yeah, if good. you're opening for the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah. Well, you make it work. Well, then, then then you know you wouldn't be the best on the lineup. <laughs> You've already right. accepted defeat before yeah. you step on stage. <laughs> oh. if, but if you're opening for the Wiggles, haven't you kind of made it? Like... Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, once you've opened, you've kind of got your name out there already. Well, <laughs> dep depends if you open opening for the new, the new ones oh, or the old ones. The original ones, yeah. The 18 yeah. plus one, 18 plus the, show original the, ones. The, o the OG Wiggles. Yeah. yeah. If you open in for those guys, you've made it. If you open in for the other ones, maybe. I don't know. You're probably reaching the wrong demographic. Well, the, 18, yeah. the original 18 plus shows that they do. Yeah. No, yeah, that definitely. Jack, maybe we'll add that to the whiteboard. I think that could be one of the yeah. goals for 2022. My, 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 my dream. What do they call them? My dream board. Yeah. Bucket list. I obviously yeah. haven't got one. Now I'm going to get one. The Wiggles. Wiggles. Have you bumped into any of the fellas while you've been playing around Sydney? The Wiggles? Well, one of the, yeah, the one of them. I did see one at a pub. 
um, and I'm trying to I'm racking my brain where was it. But yes, yes, I can say honestly and truthfully, yes. Yeah. But I don't know which one it was. I mean, I didn't grow up in Australia, so the Wiggles, you know, I knew about it, but I, you know, kind of don't connect with it too much. You're but from yes, New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. Do you have Do you have your own uh, like like Kiwi Wiggles over there? <laughs> like, do you have like your own <laughs> um, <laughs> the Kiggles? Oh, yeah. Now we had our own. Um, we had our own play school though. There was a New Zealand version of play school, so I guess yeah. we had that. We weren't completely deprived at the bottom of the world, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, you're you've you've done well, man. Because like when you when you speak, I can't really tell that that like your accent doesn't quite come through. I feel like you've you've it sounds very Australian until you said Canberra during this interview. Then I was like, oh man, it's a Kiwi for sure. Uh, I did put a bit of sauce on that, but. But um, no, I think I think the Kiwi comes out if I'm A, around Kiwis, B, drunk. Drunk. Or C, drunk. Drunk. Yeah. Definitely drunk. drunk. Yeah. Definitely All drunk. of the above. <laughs> Honestly, he gets two drinks into him and he's like, oh, cheer, my bro. Oh, good, my bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's number one. So if you hang around for a, you know, a little bit longer, <laughs> maybe I'll get there. Beautiful. And uh, <laughs> um, does it like do you do you does it come out when you say the number six? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah, say it seven. <laughs> say it <laughs> now. I, if I had to say, um, I don't know, 66. Six, okay, okay, it's not That's as bad as what I was hoping for. No, nah. oh, hey, I'm not from the South Island. Say it worse, say it worse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do just, it better. I'll, I'll I'll just stay with I don't know. Have some fish and chips or something. I don't know. Oh man, but it even sounds a little bit Aussie too. You've got it, well. I mean, I've been here almost. I don't know, fifteen years plus twenty years. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, fair. But Jack, you haven't lost it, mate. Like you, you, you haven't lost a little, even a little bit. I say that every time I look in the mirror. I say, you haven't lost it, Jackie boy. You still got it. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, the, the, the trouble is for me is like my, my missus, she lives with me, which is quite nice for her. So she, she's there. My brother, my brother lives in Canberra. My parents live in Sydney. I'm, I'm constantly, like, it, it will never leave, you know? Yeah. And, I, I really do try and slow it down. But I don't think it's worth it, man, because um, you know what the good thing is? It's hard for people to take the piss out of you because your accent's so hard to do. All right, I'll teach you some. Right. Say, I want some chicken, chicken, chicken. and a can, and a can, can, a can of Coke. And a can of Coke. Say it. Chicken and a can of Coke. Have I got scouser? That's uh, it. The Natural. See, the interesting thing is when Jack and Paul are talking in the rehearsal yeah. room or something, and I, I literally sit there because because when they talk amongst each other, then it becomes real, right? Yeah, because yeah. you've got both sides of the tracks talking, and they're like, they're not softening up for any Australian or New Zealander. They're not. They're not like you know trying to 
sound like we can understand them. They yeah. just go full natural. And when they go full natural at each other, it's like, I seriously think it's another language. It's incredible. Uh, bear, bear, bear in mind as well, like, so Riverpool, like, it's, it's 38 miles, which is nothing. And the accents are different, you know? And there's a tribalism between Liverpool and Manchester. There's like this, this genuine dislike between those cities and the people. I mean, if push comes to shove, you'd have the backs, you know. But with 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 like with Paul, I do notice that when we are having a conversation, Rowan's just <laughs> staring deeply at our mouths. Yeah, and yeah, I right. love I love that he doesn't know what we're saying. <laughs> I like that. But the thing I hear every day, oh, where about in Ireland are you from? I go, mm. <laughs> well, basically, the Dockers came over and then the accents. So I, I just say Dublin now. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> so does like does your does the your bandmate that's from Manchester does he have does he what does he sound like does he sound like you know one of the members of oh, Oasis or what? This, he can do a good impression. Yeah, take off. Take it's off. Like, no, like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm doing poorly, right? It, this is how he talks. Everything he's always like rolling out, rolling thunder, all good, you know. But maybe, maybe just listen to me a second. If we could just, just add a little bit more bass. What do you think, boys? What do you think? He's a, he's so tall. <laughs> he, I, I don't think. I don't think he sounds like one of the Oasis brothers. Yeah. I say no. maybe. <laughs> no, but you've no, got that. Right, you've right. got it down. It's that he's got a very deep kind of, I don't know, yeah. his voice. He's got a voice. He's got a voice for Thomas the Tank Engine, Paul. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, when Ringo retires, oh, is he? Re is he? Has he? Is he still going with that or what? No, we gave Rob years ago, Ringo. He's all about the peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. No more fan mail. Peace and love. <laughs> warning, warning. God bless, Ringo. Does he still live in Liverpool? No. He, he couldn't wait to get away from Liverpool. No, <laughs> he's, he's LA. He's full LA, Ringo. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And Paul it's as not well? Like, it's not like I can criticise them. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you you left, man. You left. Uh, I think Paul Paul still got a house there, but I think Paul lives in London. Yeah. Well, it's what, when if you think about when they grew up, there was nothing there. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a beautiful city now, but when they were growing up there, I bet you they were like, we cannot wait to get out of this shit all. Yeah. And it would have been, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I not like, anymore though. Watch your mouth. Not anymore. <laughs> I reckon did they did the beat? I reckon when I was reading about the Beatles and read you know multiple books, it feels like they did the hard yards in Liverpool, but then then kind of worked even harder in the in Germany when they kind of got yeah, out in Hamburg and, in, yeah. in Hamburg. Just it, it, I think they were playing. They were virtually playing like all day sets yeah. in Hamburg. It's it's. It's it's actually a tough thing to be from Liverpool, like I say, and be a musician because it is always that. Oh, so you think you're the next Beatles then? <laughs> and you're like, would you want to be? Yeah, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, of course, but it's a lot of pressure, that. 
honestly, I, I went through a stage where I couldn't listen to the Beatles for a while because it was, it was making me struggle to write songs. Yeah. Because you're listening to it and you think, why would anyone else have a go at that? You know? <laughs> Leave it. You've won the Beatles. You can have it. Yeah. You can have it. It's all yours. Yeah, but then then you hear about like the Oasis guys and the Tame Impala guys went the other way and were like, well, I'll, I'll have a you know a good crack at this. Yeah, well, that was. But I remember the, when the, when I heard Elephants for the first time, and I was like, this is a remix of, of John Lennon's voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally, I literally was like, and that was one of my first thoughts was you know like where John had started going really the other way psychedelic. Yeah, I was like. It's like they found tapes of yeah. John Lennon. I'm like, we'll just release that and we'll call it Tame Impala. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. Cool. They're actually, they're huge in the UK, Tame Impala. Yeah. Like huge. I, all, all my friends at home, their favorite band is Tame Impala. The Beatles from Down Under. The Beatles from Down Under. The natural progression. <laughs> the Beatles went down. <laughs> oh man! Who, who do you like? Who, who, who are your favorite bands? Man? What, what, you, what you like to listen to? Me, me. Well, I, I started. You're, off... you're on your you're on your own, right? You've got a couple of hours to kill. What are you listening to? Me, me. I'm actually listening to like heaps of the Grand Union, Darkest Horse. Yeah, well, I was listening to that in the in the in the show before <laughs> before we started doing this interview. Uh, but I was also like, man, I I st- went back to the Beatle Beatles were my first favorite band as a kid. Mm. I I found out in year two that John Lennon was dead and it broke my heart. I thought the Beatles were like the this is how sheltered I was as a child were the biggest band in the world. And I thought one day I'm going to wake, you know, go see the Beatles. But they were broken up, you know, forty years before, like you know, before. But anyway, over that progression of years, man, then I then I went down the Oasis rabbit hole in the last, oh, fuck it, you know, the last two years. And then now I'm just kind of at a weird point where I'm just trying to find music that that else I kind of like, you know. But my mm. favorite bands are the, you know, probably the Beatles at number one. I would like to say the Rolling Stones and do it that way, but it's probably not because I would put probably put Oasis in second if it's my personal choice. And then and then you can put put the Led Zeppelins and the everyone else yeah. after that. I think I think with Oasis, right? And you can you can say, oh, you know, and we, we did steal off from the Beatles and we stole from another band, the real people who were a band from Liverpool. I think they virtually wrote one of Oasis' first hits, and then we didn't give them any credit <laughs> or money for it, which is always nice in music. Uh, but there's there's something about the way Noel Gallagher writes a chorus. Yeah, it's so good. And he's, 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 it's, it's like, I, I was talking to, about this over the Gentleman Jack last night with someone, and I was saying, like, there's lyricists that come out, you know, and just like hit, you just hit a nerve with you. And it's, yeah, I, Alex, Alex Turner, the Arctic Monkeys, I, I think, like, as generationally, if you look at the lyricist of the generation, you know what I mean? And, yeah. For me, like a lot of people I know, because we, we grew up with the Arctic Monkeys, people would say, oh, Alex Turner's, yeah, top three greatest songwriters of all time. And yeah. with, with, with Noel, it's hard to argue because some of those choruses, man, some, yeah. some of those Oasis songs, like, we, it was funny, actually, we watched them, um, have, you, have you ever watched Lucifer on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the, the, the end song is Champagne Supernova. Yeah. And Stu sent me a message and he was like, man, how good is that song? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, a, it's like a choir singing it. And, and he's like, it's just, you, you, you give, you, you kind of, I kind of have a funny thing with Oasis. And I go, oh, you know, these are stuff to be able to. But what they did on yeah. their own merit was was so far above and beyond. And it's such a shame they didn't make it in America because then everyone would be having this conversation. Yeah. You know? Everyone would be putting them up there. Whereas really, they didn't do anything of merit. And they had, you know, a song on the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm... You know? And it's such a shame. Stu and I are massive Oasis fans, right? So that's something that we really have always bonded over. Um, and I'm a huge Noel Gallagher High Flying Birds fan. So if you get stuck not looking, not finding something, that first album that he released is incredible. And we yeah. went and saw what, him. What, what's the opening track? And it's like, can't fight this feeling. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's sort of that's... gold opening track, man. Both. Yeah. That, the second that, album. that opening track. Oh, my God. I'm getting chills. What an opening the first song. first album is. is amazing. And the second album, it took me a little more time, but it also is up there. And we went and saw him at the Enmore Theatre in 2012. And then we went and saw Liam maybe at the Horton, maybe three yeah, years ago. Yeah, I was ago. there, man. Yeah. And like, it's cool watching, you know, Liam sing those Oasis songs and the crowd just was like jumping up and down and it was awesome. But I just love Noel singing them more. They're, they're like, you can tell he wrote those songs. He did all the arrangements, yeah. all the guitars, all the harmonies, everything is all him. And his, it's, it's very rare, I think, that with a major band, a member splits off or, you know, does their solo stuff. And you love their solo stuff. Yeah, he is one person. I love his solo stuff almost like this with Oasis. Have you see? Heard... I think. Sorry, one more. Oh, thanks, man. I was just going to say, have you heard that track that I I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but it's on Noel's Noel's latest uh, release, and it's just this track of him sitting in the studio, and they've thrown it on at the end. But it's beautiful. It's just him with his guitar singing, yeah. and it's just is melodic. It, is it? Oh. That, is it? I'd see, I'd dead in the water or something? Dead in the water. Yeah, dead yeah. in the water. There's a, there's a video of him playing that in Dublin, I think. And it was like when he first played it, just in the sound, yeah. And I remember watching that on repeat, on repeat, yeah. on repeat. And people, I, there's a big thing with Noel at home. And they say, you know, like politically, he's probably gone the other way now. And he's yeah. always, you know, I'm worth 200 million pounds. What have they done? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a bit of, um, you know, they say, what's the story? Noel's a Tory. That's, that's yeah. the big thing. <laughs> Whereas, at, but he's, if you think about Oasis there, so he's watching Liam going off the handles, right? Like just, and he's, he's there and he's thinking, I'm writing these songs anyway. I can sing better than him. That like, that his opinion. Yeah. And he's like, well, why not? And I find pets. I go, but I love Liam's solo albums. Me too, man. I, I don't think and, Liam's and, and I don't care. I don't care how many songwriters he's got on them. Me either, those, man. <laughs> those, man. They're so good. Oh, for what they it's worth. That, 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 that first one. Actually, funny enough, I came in on holiday. I think it was yeah. in 2017 that was released. I came out here for Christmas. 
see my folks and that had been released i remember just like going to different beaches and all that and that was all i was listening to man and yeah. and his second album as well my he's you know what I, we we seen him in the m mall theater yeah might have been two years well over two, two years, years ago years, now yeah and he was when he was playing the solo stuff no, nobody wanted to see it right no. but i wanted to see it i wanted to see it because i love it yeah you know what i mean and like i i I, I, like I said, I don't care how many songwriters he's got. Those songs, those songs, sorry, they stand on their own against yeah. some of the best Oasis songs. And they, and they do. Yeah. And I'll yeah. fight any man that says different. See, I'm but like, then the crowd would be dead. And then he'd sing an Oasis song, as you were saying, yeah. Paul, and the crowd would erupt. I, and he doesn't, he doesn't have to sing those songs. Yeah, because the crowd sing them <laughs> because he gets a lot of criticism for the way he sings. And I mean, might be all wrongly, but he still had like a 30 year career, yeah. You know? But when when he does them, then the crowd sing them. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting, and I I don't think it'll ever be fixed. That one, yeah, like I the Smiths, be... man. I just don't think that'll ever, it's a shame, yeah, yeah. I used to be team team Noel, like maybe a couple of years ago, and now I'm I'm team Liam. Wow, I'm I'm just team Noel. I, for me, it's like the I don't know Megadeth Metallica thing. I'm team Metallica, but uh, it's just, I am team Noel the whole way through. Like I just love it. Love a songwriting. I I, I think a big thing is, and you know, this goes on in football. Messi or Ronaldo you know, the Stones or the Beatles, right? And it's it's always just enjoy the fact you get to listen to it and watch both of them, you know? Yeah. We, the, the fact that, you know, who's your favourite <laughs> Beatle? This always goes on. You've got to enjoy that and you get to enjoy that every time you listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I know I said before, you want to be the best on the line and you do and that's, that's like a pride thing and you want people to come out of it and say, but like, just be a fan of it, you know? <laughs> you get to enjoy all of that. How lucky are we that we get to enjoy all that? And it's like when people say, oh, you know, I wish you would have been around in the 60s to, when it was all happening and whatever. You get to listen to it and enjoy it all now. Yeah. Even the dodgy years of music and there's a few. Yeah, well, you know, but... But at the but at the end of the day, man, I I I think, you know, I just I I just enjoy it, man. I enjoy the Oasis yeah. drama. I fucking yeah. love it, and I've just yeah. I, I, I like I'm it right when they start piping it. off for each other, man. It's so good when I like, I, just has a pop out of. <laughs> like whenever, whenever, like I just enjoy Liam just on his like I only have a Twitter account just to watch Liam or follow Liam going. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And I like the way he, he drunk tweets as well, and you know yeah. he's drunk. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're, we're, I'm, I'm convinced Noel is trying to trying to get indoctrinated into the royal family, like over the last couple of years. Like, I think he's going for a Sir Noel Gallagher, where Liam yeah, is... Yeah, and he'll take that. Way. He'll take that. Yeah. I, often, I often think about the whole, the whole knighthood thing in regards to, like, you know, Paul took his, John sent it back, yeah. you know? And I think... I, it would be the coolest thing ever if you had say in front of your name. Yeah. But at the same time, 
Yeah, I get 100% what you mean. You know, like, yeah. it, it, like, it, it's a bit futile. It, I, I, and I understand Paul taking it. I understand like Jagger and I taking it because they would have grew up where there was two, two or three channels and like the, the royal, uh, like, they, they'd have shows, you know, in, in these little arenas and it would just be for the royals, you know what yeah. I mean? And everything, you know, when John said, for all you's, what does he say? For all you's in the cheap seats, clap your hands, everyone else, rattle your jewelry. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's there in front of the Queen, like, oh, they just Queen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they grew up in that thing where all the, I think people probably have more disgust and hatred for the monarchy now yeah. than they did then because they were still looking at them just on a little square in the corner of the room and being like, oh, what an honor it is to be in front of the queen and play for the queen. <laughs> yeah, true, man. But um, it is what it is. But I feel like it's very hard to be in rock and roll once you become a sir. You know, it, you, yeah. you, you kind of lose your, you lose a little bit of that, that credential. But uh, that's why I don't think they ever offered it to Keith <laughs> and he didn't take it. <laughs> did, did he, did, did they offer it to him? And then he, he said, no, because no, he, he, have you read his book? He berates Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think, I don't think they'd offer it to him, but I don't think he would have taken it if they did offer it to him anyway. You know, they would have been trying yeah. to knight him and he would be smoking a cigarette as they're trying to put the thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any epoxy awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh... He's he's one of the, the the last outlaws, isn't he, Keith? You know. Yeah. And I, I like I watch I watch I see footage of the stones and I look at him. You know he's getting older. You know his playing probably hasn't been where it was for a while. But he's, he's still he's still Keith Richards. Yeah, man, and know? he's still kicking. And that shit never goes away, man. See, yeah. he put a picture up on Instagram the other day, and he had a, he had a joint in his hand, and I was like, "You do you, Keith." You do you. Man, I just, I don't know how he's still <laughs> kicking. Yeah, I don't know how he's still alive, eh? Yeah. And he's still, he's still drinking. <laughs> he oh, he's quit now, was he? I he's, he quit. he's been quit. He is, has he? he I thought he, I read the other day that he just switched uh, to vodka and that's where he's sitting at. He's just like, I'll go, just, I just, just stopped drinking whiskey. Just, just the, uh, just the lighter <laughs> stuff. Yeah, pretty much. He's just like uh, anything that's brown. I don't want it anymore. Like in terms of liquor, he's just like I'm just for any of the white spirits. I still go. He's Keith Richards, man. He can do what he wants. Yeah, he can yeah do he's in it now. Yeah, once you and once once you're that age too, man, you I can do whatever you want. You know, you've done it all. You've got nothing to achieve anymore. You you're fucking Keith Richards. Okay, tell me then for you personally, right? You you get to that age. Tell me how you're gonna how you're gonna spend your days riding off into the sunset. Oh man, well there's two give things. me give me give me give me your bucket list. You know, guns your head right now. How are you? How will, if they say to you, you know, you were Keith Richards, and they say, oh, you know, your livers have that much damage. There's probably six months, or you know. And they'll know themselves getting older that it's possible that any of them could go any day. And that's a sad thing as well in yeah. reality of it's the, that generation of them. They're not going to be around for much longer. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that is a shit thing. I think what would you do? What, what would, would I do? do? I would, I would, I would 
do it what Keith Richards did in reverse. I would take all the hard drugs at that age because I mean, I've now, made it to now, I've made... them now. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, can I put a, can I say input? I think the doctors gave that um, speech to Keith Richards about thirty years ago, so I don't think I don't think he's going to worry about someone else telling the same thing again. Yeah, I think he'll be fine regardless. Mm. Yeah. They they He's... told him he was going. To, they told him he had a year to go about three thirty years ago. And he's still kicking, so. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that was like the longest wrap up I've ever, I've oh, ever oh, experienced. Quickly, quickly when... before we do, before we get to the end, Jack, what would you do? Oh, same thing, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same <laughs> thing. Yeah. Mm. Turn around, look at the poster behind you. The 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 fear and loathing one. Yeah, that's yeah. How I go on. yeah, yeah, me too. That's how I go out. I think you've earned it once you get to that age, man. It's like, yeah, well, I'm gonna I die. Think Hunter, S. Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson was aiming after a lot of that as well. <laughs> that's it, man. All right, guys, I think we've covered everything, mm. you know, in this interview. Raw, it's been one of the funnest. Yeah. I, I think me and Rohan were gonna go on a different chat for a second there. <laughs> Because I think you guys might Sorry about we that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I get a bit carried away sometimes. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. It was just the you, longest. You got me um, on a very, very passionate day. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very closing sentence for forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it got to a point right when I was like, "You just said we're gonna wrap up," and I was like, I "Feel like we've just been having another conversation for an hour." Listen, guys. When I when I get back, let's let's go and have a beer anyway. Hell yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love having a beer. I, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I've yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Thanks, boys. It was just oh, nice to see time. some people. Thanks for coming nice on. To, after two weeks in a hotel room, <laughs> faces is all I need. Beautiful, man. Well, peace and love, as Ringo would say. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> all right, boys. Yeah. I think we should just end to finish it here. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Man. Thank you very much.